Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking! I'm trying to record a podcast! Hey everybody, you're a natural dog with Angela Ardolino and my guest today, Jonna Devereaux from Bow Wow Labs, uh, has actually created a product called the Bow Wow Buddy that helps dogs from choking on things like bully sticks. And I remember this coming, you know, into my store. I remember people being, you know, scared of these choking hazards of these bully sticks. And then it kind of like made me think about choking in general. And I had no idea how many dogs choke, cats too. So we're talking to her today about uh, how do we know about these hazards? What do we need to look out for and what to do if our dog is choking? So stay tuned. And we're back with Jonna from Bow Wow Labs, and we're talking about choking and choking hazards with dogs. Do cats choke? Cats can choke as well, yeah. Oh my gosh, we'll have to talk about that too. I just, I know this sounds like ignorant of me, but I've had on my rescue farm like 20 dogs at one time. And like 20 dogs fetching sticks and balls and going into the lake and grabbing things, you know, all whatever. And never, never had an incident. So to me, now then when I start looking at it and I start seeing these videos of vets removing balls from dogs' throats that are choking on them, I'm like, no more balls. <laughs> no more <laughs> fetching up the balls from the lake. Sticks, I allow big sticks, but then, yeah, the, the threat of them, you know, chewing on them. But I guess is it like people, some dogs maybe aren't, as smart as other dogs. And that's maybe an issue <laughs> along with some of these things are just downright dangerous. I think it's a medley of all. And I think some dogs maybe are just more exuberant than others. You know, I say kudos to you that you have never had an incident where you've had a dog choke or worse, if they've swallowed something that then has become some type of obstruction inside their body. Unfortunately, over 200,000 dogs alone, not even including cats, go to veterinary hospitals or emergency facilities every year because of wow. choking. And it's something that no one is talking about. So, right. you know, at Bow Wow Labs, we scratching our head, why is no one talking about this? Because choking is something that is 100% preventable. So it's one of the reasons why we're championing for National Pet Choking Prevention Day, which actually uh, the first year, it's gonna, it's June 22nd, 2023 is going to yeah, be the cool. first year because it is so common. So what we're doing is we're educating people about some of the common items that can be found around the home that you don't even think about. For instance, if you have a cat, window blind cords are a major reason for choking on cats. Uh, people need to realize window. I personally know someone who lost their child um, wow. to window blind cords. They, yeah. how that is allowed and still around does not make any sense to me. It literally yeah. is a dangling toy for a child or an animal. So if you've got Absolutely. these in your house, get them out, cut them off anything to make that so that it can't get wrapped around their neck or that they can remove the little piece on the end and choke on them. Here's a thought. Put a hook at the top of your 
at the top of the window and just hook it up so they're not dangling there out of reach. I mean, right. because most people want to use those. They want to make them functioning. So you right. can't really cut the cord because then you don't have a functioning blind. But you can get it out of the way. They have those little like anchors that you can put at the top and kind of just wrap it around. But it, it's that. It's, you know, people that don't even think about if they have multi-species households. So a dog and a cat, a cat toy, right. a little cat ball is a perfect size toy for the cat. But if the dog gets jealous, the dog goes to kind of take it up. It's the perfect size to potentially block the airway. And so these are the types of things that, you know, you want to just be cognizant about, you know, you can't necessarily predict things that are going to happen. Right. But just like with children, you can take certain measures to prevent accidents from happening. One of the greatest things with dogs specifically is letting them chew. Right. So at Bow Wow Labs, as we talked about, we we have our Bow Wow Buddy, which is a safety device. Okay, so I'm going to stop you there because that's yeah. when I first heard. So when I had, I have a store also, and you have a store in Rhode yes. Island, correct? Yes. Fetch R.I. Yeah, Fetch R.I. And I remember learning about bully sticks, and I remember someone going, oh, no, no, not, not bully sticks. And I was like, why? Oh, because they're choking hazards. And me going, oh, and then learning mm-hmm. about the little device, which I'll let you yep. now talk about. And then I remember going, oh, wow, that does make sense. Totally makes sense. So go ahead. I'll let you yeah. talk about this. So so, this, so the Bow Wow Buddy is a safety device that protects the last inch of bully sticks and other le- long-term chews so that when your dog is chewing on a long-term chew, they get to use their paws. But when the piece gets so small that they no longer have that tactile ability to hold it with their paws, they put it right in their mouth. And then dogs being opportunists, they're not going to sit there and chew on it until it breaks down. They swallow it. Sometimes they swallow it and there's no problem, but sometimes they swallow it and there is a problem. And, you know, I'm a very aware dog mom and cat mom. I am one of those people that will never leave anything with my animals that they cannot eat before I leave the house because I know that everything that they consume has the potential to, to be a choking hazard. I adapted that thinking too, because yeah. even though it never had happened to me, yeah. I adapted it. Another thing I adapted when I got my store was we do daycare and boarding is taking the collars off Absolutely. their necks so that they didn't get. So all of these like little proactive things that you think of that the dog is going to be left alone in a crate or something or a kennel. We need to make sure there's nothing that they're going to eat. I remember having dogs that would eat an entire blanket or bed. Or yeah, or think about the dogs that get stressed out and then right. they go and they eat their parent their owner's socks, right. right? Or something. I mean, how many socks have been pulled out of an intestine? Like how lucky that it even went down, right? And didn't just get stuck there. You know, I was giving my so my dogs eat a very clean diet. They get they were having a pig ear and they were loving it. And of course I was within, you know, five feet. And I was trying to do work on something. And all of a sudden, because I always look to check in them, I even though I'm in the room and they're within eyesight, I still take my eyes off of what I'm doing and look at them. And at that moment, my little girl, Lola, just stopped and she got a look of fright on her that no one ever wants to see. And I ran over to her. She had gotten to the point of the pig ear where it had basically been small enough where it went right back and blocked her airway and she was unable to breathe. Wow. If I hadn't been right there, if I had gone out and left her with that, I would have come back to having no dog, right? right. She would wow. have been dead. So I was able to do a finger sweep and kind of get it out and clear that for her. But now what I know is that that's how she eats pig ears. So Lola never gets pig ears again. 
I'm not going to take that chance again. One of the most important parts about our dogs is knowing their behaviors. If you have a dog and there are a lot of Frenchies, so I'm not calling them out, but I'm going to say this is a behavior <laughs> of a lot of Frenchies. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this is a behavior about a lot of Frenchies. They don't tend to chew. They tend to inhale. And so when you think about that, if you have a dog, a lab that inhales, a Frenchie, a Chihuahua, whatever it may be, you need to think about the size of the treat even that you're giving them because you could give them a small cookie, a small biscuit. And if they're not chewing it, and it's the right size that it blocks their airway. You now have an issue. Right. And it actually, it happens more commonly than most people realize. So it's not just the tennis balls or the racket balls that people go out and buy because they're cheaper. It's also a, a litany of other things. And I don't say this to scare people, right? We don't want you to stop having fun with your dogs. We don't want you to stop giving them long-term chews. Long-term chews have such a vast array of benefits. You know, they create, they give mental stimulation. They provide uh, oral health. They exercise the, the jaw and the jaw muscles. And they give, you know, your dog something to do when you're on a Zoom call or when, when you're doing something Instead of in licking the same themselves. Room. <laughs> right. Instead of taking that other, you know, disastrous self-soothing behavior, it engages their instinctual need, right, to right. chew. Right. And so we're encouraging people to, to do all that, but just change the way in which you do it. When you buy a ball for your dog, the ball should not fit inside the jaw. It should actually extend a little bit on each side of the jaw so that if you throw it, and most people throw when they like to play catch with their dog, if your dog catches it, it has no chance of going backward and blocking the airway because it's too big to fit behind the molar. So it's just taking common knowledge and kind of changing the way that we're looking at and setting, up, setting our pets up for success and prevention is key. So what do you do with the little chunk that's left in the bottom of the of the bully thing? So there's a few things that you can do. One of the things that you put can it in do water? is, yeah, you can put it, you can boil it in water and it will actually break it down and make it softer. And then you can kind of cut it into smaller bite size pieces. Some people just want to throw it away because it's not worth the, the time and effort. Right. So when we're talking about like yak chews or cheese chews, that's another great example that dogs get down to that last one inch. I mean, majority, right? A lot of the brands even that are on the market, um, tricky is even though not as much because it has the center the hole, hole cut away right. so they can at least breathe. But, you know, even with the cheese chews, when it gets that down to that last inch, you know, put it in your oven. Or if you're one that uses a microwave, you can put it in the microwave and that'll expand it. And then you have, you know, another treat for your dog to have. So, but I will tell you, it's not worth saying, oh, they'll be fine and sitting there crossing your fingers. No, because if they choke, you have limited time to get that animal to a vet where they can potentially uh, they can clear the airway. If it becomes an obstruction, that's a three thousand dollar surgery minimum. Yep, I I've so, gotten really good at the obstructions because yeah. I I have um, a friend whose dog eats everything out of the yard and has had three of those surgeries, oh. and that that is literally said there is no more room to do another surgery. So she loves to eat the coconut palm. Is it the palm? It's one of the palm seeds and they're about this big and dogs love to eat the little fruity stuff off it and some end up swallowing and it always gets it where the beginning of the entrance of the small intestine, I believe, is where it gets blockage. So I've gotten really good at going, I think this dog has a blockage, but down there, not in the throat. I've never had right. um, that incident. 
before we talk about what the heck do we do if we see our dog choking and what we should do, what about bones? Because I know that raw bones, okay, cooked bones, dangerous. Some people don't even want to deal with bones, say that they're still dangerous because they get lodged, I guess, up in the teeth and things. What are your take on bones? Um, I love raw bones for dogs. I love raw bones for cats. I think, you know, when you're thinking about raw bones, if you're doing non-weight bearing bones like necks, wings, um, kneecaps, ribs, those are going to be great versus like the femurs, which are going to be more to kind of just like chew and gnaw on. So we're talking kind of about two different types of bones. When you talk about cooked bones, one of the reasons why you want to stay away from cooked bones is because the cooking process basically extracts all of the the nutrients and all of the minerals. And so what used to be something that was more pliable now becomes brittle. And that really sets the potential up for perforation um, internally. So I stay away from cooked bones all the time, never take the chance. But I mean, there's so much nutrition in raw bones. It's how our animals that we have domesticated have been eating for thousands of years. So I'm not going to say that I know better than history. Good. Good point. I like it. Um, I've, again, never had issues with raw bones either with my animals. And I want pet parents to understand that, um, and this comes from somebody that I know that does have a treat company that does raw treats, that it is the pet parent's responsibility to make sure that your pet can handle that treat, knows how to eat that treat. Just like you said, it has to be supervised you need to know how they react. All of my dogs treat their treats different. I remember Nina, my Doberman, would eat, rip through things so fast that I'd be like, oh my gosh, I should have probably done something about that, where the same treat with a different dog took them an hour you know, to go through and it took her 20 minutes. So you need to know your dogs. It's not the responsibility of the person who made that treat because every dog is different. So I want to say that because that really bugs me when people are like, why'd you make a treat that made my dog choke? That's not what's going right. on here. Right. You need, you know, yes, they're, they're dogs, but each one, they're individuals at the end of the day. And knowing your dog is going to be the most important. I know because I have a cat with my dog. I can leave all the cat toys out. My dog doesn't care about the cat's toys. He, she knows that they're the cat toys. I do not leave out bones or anything else like that. Like technically she'll eat them. And then, as I mentioned, if they're not consumed by the time I leave the door, she doesn't get them. So it's really just about taking the right precautions and knowing that animal in front of you. Right. We're going to take a small break. And when we come back, let's talk about what to do when we do see our dog choking. When we come back. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health, healing naturally. And we're back talking about choking with our dogs. And I don't think we covered this, but how do we know our dog is choking? Like you could tell by looking at your little dog that she was not 
getting air and couldn't breathe. But what are some other signs that maybe they're eating it too fast? Or I know mine, it's a hacking, got swallowed a big piece, got it back up. Is that like a sign that maybe that dog needs to be supervised a little bit more? Absolutely. Other signs, if you start seeing excessive salivating, um, if you see a dog taking their front paw and like clawing at their mouth, that's usually a sign. And, and maybe there's not a complete blockage. There could be a partial blockage. So, you know, for me with Lola, I'm going to say that I was lucky because it was so, it was so obvious to me, right? She went dead still, her pupils dilated and she was panicked. And that's how I knew. It made no Um, noise. Made no noise because she couldn't. Right. Right. So again, it depends on the the situation, the circumstances. But again, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but if you know your dog, you'll know when something is out of the ordinary. And even if you can't see it, if your dog is not acting right, you should pay attention to that. Right. But yes, coughing is usually one, the hacking, even if you're lucky enough that your dog swallows it and then it comes back up. That's, that's an indicator that you've been lucky and that your dog didn't choke and that you should take preventative measures on the next time you, you give a treat or a toy or something to that effect, you know, because dogs also break down toys. How many dogs go out and they, they, they love their soft plush toys and they love to rip them apart. Well, that can all become a potential choking hazard and a potential for an obstruction. So um, we're not talking just about consumables. So if we do have a dog that gets a stuffed animal and is, you know, is having an issue choking on it or whatever, and then swallows it. Squeakers. Yeah. Think about a squeaker. Go to the vet and what? Try to get them to barf it up or pass it. So so what I would actually do is once you've identified that there's something going on, hopefully someone else is at your house with you because you want to get your animal into the car. If you are alone, you need to kind of multitask and you need to get your dog in the car and you call ahead to the veterinarian to make certain they know you are on your way, that your dog is choking because you have very limited time. If it there is an actual airway obstruction and you need to make certain that once you get there, they're bringing the dog right in. Should they do what you did first to make sure it's not a simple swiping out of something out of the way? Listen, I'm going to say this and I'm going to digress for a second. The best thing you can do with your dog is to allow your dog to touch you anywhere and everywhere on their body. I brush my dog's teeth every day. Since she was a puppy, I've been putting my hands in her mouth. When it came to pass where I had to put my hands in her mouth, I had no fear. She was not scared that I was coming at her and she let me help her. She knew that it was happening. So I just want to just really state touching your dog as much as possible in every way possible is a really good thing. So now to answer that question, yes, when I looked at Lola, I, because I knew it was a figure, I knew what was happening. So the only question for me was opening her mouth. Do I have to do a finger sweep or do I have to try to come in and pull it out? Because I wasn't sure how it was blocked. Sometimes there can be a blockage that you can't see. Right. Right. So if you are at home and you can assess the situation that calmly, right, that's really important, then you need to do that. And I say calmly, that's one of the things that I took a CPR class about eight or nine years ago. And that's the best way to set yourself up for success is to be calm in the moment and lean into the skills that you were given. So for any pet parent out there, I would highly encourage you to go take a CPR and a first aid class because it will teach you the skills that you need to know should this type of accident occur or any accident 
that you can actually take the, the right steps towards a successful outcome for your pet. Ah, oh, great advice. That's a, it's a great advice. Okay, so let's say you do have a dog that like maybe was choking. You did have to like pull it out. I guess we still need to go see the vet to make sure we haven't caused any damage or. I mean, why not? I, right. I, I, yes. Why wouldn't you? I mean, at the end of the day, we can't see in there. The the vets can have the tools that they can see and there might be inflammation, you know, if depending on how much it might have, uh, you know, if it blocked the airway and then kind of was half in the trachea as well, there could be not the trachea, the esophagus, I'm sorry, you know, you could potentially have inflammation there that they may need to be on like a different type of diet for a few days where they're not getting if they're feeding, being fed kibble, they're not being fed hard kibble. Um, I had a customer whose dog had an esophageal obstruction from the end of a bully stick. So wow. it lodged sideways in the esophagus. Meaning, and that dog is still breathing and like acting still breathing. somewhat normal, but has that lodged in its throat. Yeah. And basically he <sighs> was rubbing his, rubbing his body on the rug, which is so insane if you think about it from an instinctual standpoint that they he knew to try to massage his own body to get it to move. And they, and it, it obviously wasn't working. So they brought him to the emergency room. And unfortunately the emergency room didn't listen to the pet parent and thought it was a million other things. And the dog was there for 24 hours before they actually found that it had obstructed sideways. Well, at least they'd found that. So when I'm seeing these videos, like on where the, the vet's got the dog upside down and they're massaging that, like, and it's usually a ball that pops out. Yeah. Is that dog still breathing? And is the dog breathing because it's further down or, or further up? Because like, I, that blows my mind. I was like, how is this dog alive? They got all the way to the car there. It's obviously still breathing, but has this awful ball stuck in its throat. What's going yeah. on there? So I'm not a vet. I don't know. It blows my mind. It depends if it's a total blockage or if, the, and if it's just a little bit of a partial and there's still a little bit of air getting in there, I give all the credit in the world to the vets that are there to save our pets in, in that scenario. But time is crucial. So call the vet, get in the car and get there, especially when you're talking about those types of things. And what does it cost you? $75 for a vet visit. If it ends up being something that wasn't necessary. Right. Take my money. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Just let me have my dog and let my dog live. Take right, my money. Exactly. Like, <laughs> that, and that's if something's my stuck in there, please get it out. Or right. What can I do? I mean, I remember one of my first rescues, man, he was one of those dogs that ate everything, everything. And, um, I learned the hydrogen peroxide. He'd be the eat toxic things constantly, not obstructions. <laughs> But there are some people that don't do that properly and you could potentially cause a dog to aspirate, right? Because now oh, you get that right. in the lungs. But that wouldn't work of dislodging it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work with a ball, no. And it wouldn't work with like a sock, would it? I wouldn't think that that would be. I wouldn't think that the purgative action would be strong enough to get a sock out. That's more for like the dogs that just ate chocolate or grapes or something like that right. that they're not supposed to have. And does a sock eventually break down and come out? I have never heard of a sock that has, <laughs> that has come out the natural way. I remember watching so many puppies and like going in the backyard to spray down poop or clean up poop and seeing every toy that they've ever owned yeah. has been chewed up and eaten and going through them. That can't be good. I mean, pieces, if pieces can come out, right? right. 
But if you're talking about like a full sock, I mean, wow. I mean, I guess it depends on how big the person's foot is. <laughs> if it's a baby Gosh. sock, it's different than a guy with a size 15, right? That's true. That's um, true. Gosh, stuff like I don't even think about. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I mean, because we're lucky, right? I mean, again, it goes back to there are so many ways that you can prevent. You can take the preventative measures by like having a Bow Wow Buddy for the long-term choose, having the right size ball, taking away sticks. But again, teach your dog, leave it right? Instill certain training behaviors where your dog doesn't go after certain things. And now in a situation like yours, where your dogs are super fast and they'll just, you know, they're going to sniff and maybe taste with their mouth when they're trying something new. You can't always be proactive and, and get them to stop before they start. But my dogs know drop it. And I have used drop it many times. And isn't and- it, isn't it an internationally, um, is recognized by <laughs> every animal and child. <laughs> I think that I think that is a universal uh, language. Yes. <laughs> well, I I think we learned a lot. I I know I'm not going to be paranoid. I'm more educated and know. I mean, I don't think it's paranoia that I know not to give them anything unsupervised because you never yeah. know how fast or if it's going to get lodged or piece broken off, but tell our listeners where they can find more information. Cause I know that you've had, you've got an incredible blog on Bow Wow Labs on choking and how to avoid them. How do they find more information? Well, we're actually partnering with Dr. Judy Morgan for a national pet choking prevention day, Yay. which is at national pet choking prevention day.com, Awesome. which is going to be June 22nd. So I would encourage you to go on to that page and do some, you know, just read a little bit, learn and tell your neighbors, you know, really, we have this mission of target zero because choking is something that is preventable. So let's get those 200,000 plus dogs plus the cats. Let's get that number down to zero by telling people there are things you can do to make certain that choking doesn't happen. Awesome. Thank you so much for the information and tips. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at MycoDog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.